Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another phantasmagorical episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood, and it is so great to be here with you. My name is Moya, and my fearless, fearless, fearless partner in crime is... Georgia. <laughs> and can't you hear the smile in Georgia's voice? And it's just as beautiful in person as it is, as it sounds online. I can attest to that. Well, we have a wonderful, um, and, and just a movie that makes you smile. We have this on tap for you guys today. We have, what is it, Georgia? The Red Shoes. Yes, The Red Shoes. And for those of you who do not know what this movie is, have never seen it, um, you have seen this movie in one form or fashion because as I was watching it, I was like, okay, it's this perfume ad. It's this video. It's this movie. It's this uh, magazine ad. This movie has influenced so much of pop culture, fashion, and art industry. That is absolutely ridiculous. Right, Georgia? Oh, absolutely. In fact, um, a little bit of trivia about this movie that I wanted to tell you about. This influenced um, Martin Scorsese. This was one of his very favorite movies. It also influenced Francis Ford Coppola. Steven Spielberg and Gene Kelly love this movie so much. They told the people at MGM, you have to watch this movie. And it influenced him in making the movie An American in Paris. Oh, definitely. I, I totally see that. Um, yes. And I also saw, for those of you who don't know The Red Shoes, it's a movie about ballet. It's a drama. It's a romance. And we're going to get into that. Um, so that's why we mentioned Gene Kelly. But look, we also said Mar Marty Scorsese. Um, so this movie has influenced every genre. Um, I also saw we just did Sweet Charity, a couple of podcast episodes. You can see where it influenced Fosse and Verdon. So um, it is just, it's a spectacle. And it's a, and I love, it's, a, it's, it's these guys, we're going to get into that, the Archer Company uh, who produced it. They were visionaries. I mean, so ahead of their time, but not so ahead of their time where it was, you know, it was like you were acid tripping. <laughs> you know, they didn't go too far. It was pitch perfect. So, Georgia, tell us a little bit about um, 1948's The Red Shoes. Well, the story's central character is a very dedicated ballerina. She's dedicated to art and she aspires to greatness. And her mentor is the director of the ballet company and this personality is very controlling and dictatorial and in the midst of her uh career ascending career as a ballerina she falls she falls in love with the composer of the red shoes and the they both demand on her their um loyalty and so she is trying to, as she's dancing, she is trying to choose between love and husband or dance and career. And you really 
this movie will just pick you up and spirit you along. It will carry you away. But I have to tell you, it, when you really think that you know what's going to happen, you don't. You do not. The ending is a shocker. Yes. Um, but uh, I, this movie is just such a feast for the senses. It's not just the incredibly beautiful music that's being played here, but the dancing is absolutely the best. It's brilliant. But the sets, the sets are so lush and the colors are so vivid. This movie is just, it's a feast for the senses. And I, I recommend it for anybody who is a huge fan of cinematography. This was done in beautiful, the most beautiful technicolor. If you like art, if you like dance, if you like music, if you like great acting, this movie, this movie is amazing for what it's able to accomplish. And it was one of the highest earning British movies of all time. Hmm. Wow. I saw this on TCM uh, and uh, according to Mankiewicz, um, this was originally supposed to be uh, Merle Oberon and uh, her husband, Alexander Corda, I think his last name. This was supposed to be for her um, way before the, uh, this came out. And it just never happened. And then uh, Michael, Power, Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger, they had the Archer Production Company. They got a hold of it. And they, they, they had knew of it, you know, when uh, Corda had it. Um, and it didn't, like I said, it didn't take off. So they still knew it, bought the rights up for it and said, hey, we can do this. And um, they were, but, but Corda was going to use Orberon, but he was going to use, a, you know, another uh, actual ballerina and do cutaways. And can't, Georgia, could you imagine him doing cutaways? This movie would have been like four hours long trying to do The poor editor. No. The poor editor. No. Oh, he or she would have died on the cutting room floor trying to. Trying to, you know, trying to insert Merle Oberon. So uh, the the archers, Powell and Pressburger, the production company, was like, nah, we ain't doing that. So let's try to find an actual dancer. And uh, Mankiewicz revealed at the end his his uh, epilogue um, trivia, um, the in, the ending footnotes, I should say, um, that you know, Shearer, Moira Shearer. She turned it down. A, I mean, she did not want to do this because she was so focused on her uh, on her dancing. Rightfully so. She didn't want any distractions. But the money was so good that it, they made her offer that she couldn't refuse. But she did not have the best time working with Michael Powell. Um, they did not. That's true. Yeah, they did not get along. But she got over it because she wound up working with him two more times in the future. So you know, money talks and art art talks as well, you know. Well, you know, they did make the wise decision to use dancers who could act rather than actors who could dance. And yes, the majority of the cast are professional dancers. And um, when, when Shira was cast for this movie, she was only 21 years old. And hmm. you're right, Moya, she resisted doing this movie for well over a year. But finally, I guess, they wore her down, and so she finally decided to do the movie. But I cannot imagine anybody else who could have done such a brilliant job as what she did because she, it's totally convincing. Yes. Because the passion for ballet and the passion.
passion for music really comes through this movie and to see her actually dance and she is such i i don't think she really understood how good she truly was in this movie mm-hmm. and how well she related to the camera i don't think she really right. did, you know, she did have this beautiful you know flame red hair and you can see the passion in the dance and you can see it in these dancers faces it comes through so yes. convincingly it's, yes. it's brilliant and it it's, just amazed me how they were able to pull this off beautifully shot uh, by the cinematographer and the director, the close-ups. Uh, I mean, they were spot on without getting too close. They got just close enough. And as as Georgia said, they um, just to see the passion and the the seriousness and in the moment looks of of all the dancers when they you know when they were performing the piece and the red shoes. Uh, so this is a funny little story. I totally forgot. I. So this is a, 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 by the great Hans Christian Andersen, who's given us the Little Mermaid and the um, what's the other one he gave us? The uh, you know, he's the great fairy tale. He would tell the great fairy tale. The Grimm's fairy tales. Well, no, no, Hans Christian Andersen. The Grimm's did their own. Hans Christian Andersen did. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he did the. He's more famous, like for the Little Mermaid, and I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm drawing blank. Duckling, maybe. Um, or? um, I I'm not sure, but he. The, the, his claim to fame, and he's done so many, I'm drawing a blank. And if you all know some, please leave it in the comments for us. Don't forget, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube. Like and share um, our our content. And um, and I, like I said, I'm drawing a blank. But he is the guy. Oh, the, the Snow Queen. The Snow Queen. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So so those timeless fairy tales are from Hans Christian Andersen. So, so is this one. So I totally forgot about the red shoes. So the first encounter I had with that fairy tale was on a classic Popeye, Popeye cartoon. Olive oil had got a hold. Now y'all know how olive oil look. We're, we're da- I'm dating myself because Popeye, nobody, only a certain age group remembers Popeye the Sailor Man. But anyway, um, olive oil had got, you mean, olive oil, I don't know what kind of shoes olive oil was wearing. It at some point, so when she first bust out, remember Georgia? She had like these. I don't. I don't even know what they were boots. It was like these long black. She had some long alligator boat feet, and she had. I don't know if it was snow boots or whatever the hell it was. But when she first bust out, she had these horrific shoes on, and then um, after in the forties and stuff like after a World War Two, she finally got some heels, and then I I I think it was in that that time frame an episode of a cartoon, she got the red shoes and she could not stop dancing. And so she kept saying, I'm dancing, I'm dancing. Because, you know, she had like that New York accent. I'm dancing, I'm dancing, I can't stop romancing. So, so I was like, oh, yeah, the red shoes with olive oil. So I know I went off a tangent. If anybody remembers that cartoon, because, you know, Popeye was the man for a while, man. Popeye was the cartoon. So if anybody remembers that, uh, let us know in the comments. I would love to see if you remember uh, uh, that episode. So yeah, so that so again, Hans Christian Anderson with the red shoes, and um and the red so the red shoes are fairy tale, but the movie Georgia right, there's like the fairy tale came to life with the red shoes. They 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 became symbolic of this power struggle as not really a love triangle, but sort of a power struggle, love triangle, if you will, right? 
it, yes, there is the power struggle there. And, you know, it makes me think about how much women today have the same kind of this thing that they can relate to where they have a work-life balance. Yes. You know, it's the their family life and the things that they want to accomplish outside the home and their careers. Right. I thought, oh my gosh, this is very true to to what happens in modern life. Yes. I, yes. I thought that as I watched the movie, you know, things haven't changed. And I thought, I wanted to yell at her and say, girl, you've been having all because <laughs> you and I both know that she could have just said, listen, you two, and sat them both down and said, I am going to dance and I'm going to be married. Yeah. I can do, but I'm going to do both. Right. Right, right. Leave me alone. Yes. She, and she tried, um, and we're not giving away too much, um, but the red shoes, are they are symbolic outside of it being an actual ballet, a gorgeous ballet. <clears throat> um, because with the red shoes, the fairy tale uh the this young lady wants to go to a dance and she gets these red shoes and then she goes to the dance and she's the fancy dancer she's a disco queen dance hall queen whatever you want to call them dance queen and so she's ready to go home but the day the red shoes they're cursed and uh by uh, uh, an evil wood uh shoe cobbler and but she cannot stop dancing and she couldn't stop dancing in olive oil. That's why I say I'm dancing, I'm dancing. And so she, so she, she can't stop dancing. So and she wants to stop dancing, even though she loves to dance. But she and she can't take the shoes off. And so that the ballet, the story, and the fairy tale of that starts to seep into her real life. Now she can take the shoes off, everybody. But you know she can physically take the shoes off. But can she? Metaphor can she metaphorically, can she philosophically take the shoes off, right, Georgia? Yes. Yes. And I agree with Georgia. You know, I kept because when she got confronted by so uh the wonderful Anton Walbrook, and I am looking at his filmography, and I don't know if I've seen anything else by him. I don't know. Maybe, and I just don't know. He was absolutely brilliant. He he stole a scene. He was perfect as the impresario. Um, and, and you know what I loved about this movie? It wasn't too over the top. It was it was realistic because he respected her so much, even though he was furious at her for falling in love. And we're not giving away too much with the composer, Craster. I hope I'm saying his name right. Um, but he still loved her and respected the dance and her art so much that he let her out the contract and you know, let her do what she wants to go yeah. do. And I say, you know what? That's realistic. Instead of, no, I shall never let her go. You know, some people do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But as much fantasy and surrealism as this movie had, it was counterbalanced with, with real, realistic uh, portrayals of human beings and emotion, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, it really was. I, I thought that uh, you're right. They didn't overdo it. They made it seem real that way, how a real person would respond to her because, you know, he really did respect her talent. Right. And, um, and really wanted her to continue her dancing. And and she knew that. She, she, did. she knew that he would help her to become a truly great prima ballerina. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and <clears throat> something else, let's go back to the production, uh, 
I believe someone won an Oscar for their yes. uh for the production, which is absolutely gorgeous. So guys, when you look at this, you're going to see so many. George and I was talking about this, the the scene at the train station where they were leaving the uh the first prima the first prima ballerina that you encounter, Irina. They were leaving, uh, yeah. she was going to get married and she's seen the production company off onto the train. I said, I've seen this scene in so many perfume, cologne commercials, print ads, videos. And so this, you, you, if you have not seen this movie, like I said, you've seen this movie because it's influenced so many different genres right. of art and music. It's, it's breathtaking. Well, it was um, nominated for five Academy Awards, and it won for two of them. It won for Best Original Score from the music, and then also a Best Art Direction. And uh, the every frame, you'll notice, is like a painting. And the reason for that is because the production designer was a painter, and they had never used a painter before. Mm. So the sets are almost like an Impressionist painting. Yes. Yes. So you'll see in the edit, there's editing, yes, and special effects, but pay special attention to the actual dancing of the red shoes because you will see her depicted at times. She's like, you'll watch and she's like a bird or she's like a right. flower right. or a cloud. And then she's alone on this small island and the waves are breaking around her. Right. And uh, then she has this very famous scene where she's dancing with this uh, newspaper figure. Yes, yes. And, it, and they, yeah, and, and she glides, she flies when she's dancing. It's the most incredible thing. It's just... Um, very visually stunning. It's right. The, the sets and the colors are so vivid and lush. And the way that it's filmed, this time people criticize it, saying, well, that's not realistic how ballet is because you have all these um, special effects in there. But I don't think, in my opinion, it doesn't distract from no. it. And I, one of the movie's criticisms, there's this British, it just cracked me up so much when I read it. A British movie reviewer said, this movie is undisciplined and downright un-British. <laughs> Right. About the dancing and about um, what all the movie was trying to portray. I, I, I think that that critic totally missed the point. Of, yeah. Because yeah. they thought it was detracting from the physical aspects of the ballet. No, it was not. No. I didn't think it detracted in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. But I just thought that was kind of an interesting... Because um, I do read uh, reviews and criticisms from other people, and I thought that Well, he was really exposing himself, that critic, because you, like you said, then, so you're saying your British film is behind the time and boring, if I could just paraphrase, you know, and, 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 and yeah. as, as one note. And he was failing to capture the zeitgeist at the time because, uh, like you said, Impressionism uh, was leading into modern, the modern art movement. You had uh, Picasso uh, hanging around. You had... Um, the Gauguins and you have the uh, other the other modernists popping up. 
You uh, you saw Dante's Inferno, even though I, I believe that was a different period, but you saw the the uh, the influence on on the, uh, the the artwork and the art direction. And by the way, they won. Uh, Hein Heckroth and Arthur Lawson won that year for best art direction set decoration and color, which they totally deserved. Um, you also heard jazz. The um, you heard big band. So popular music kind of seeping into the score of the Red Shoe Ballet. And again, that's capturing the zeitgeist. This is post-World War II. This was three years after per, uh, after uh, World War II. And so this is the music that's in starting to influence and become popular. And um, like I said, Maura Shira, I know the the rise of the ballet schools had to happen around this time. You know, so many ballet schools probably opened up with little girls wanting to be ballerinas because, um, and I, FYI, my mom tried to stick me in ballet school. I just wanted the outfit. Let me just, I just wanted the shoes and the tutu. I, <laughs> I, I'm not a ballet person. I'm not against ballet. I'm more of a like, let's get down, boogie, funky, disco person, you know, so... <laughs> But they didn't have them schools back then. So you had your school was your, your front living room. You put on some Rufus and Shaka Khan and go for it, you know. So so I'm, she tried to make me a lady, Georgia, but it, it didn't work out <laughs> for better or for worse. She tried. She tried. <laughs> she tried. <laughs> no, no. Rump shaker. <laughs> gosh that look the, the conversation took a turn which is okay it's okay it's okay we, look we're amongst friends <laughs> we're amongst friends here but um oh my gosh yes 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 Oh my gosh. They didn't fare no. anything. They are just absolutely luxurious and just gorgeous. You want to snatch them off their back. Yes. Cause I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't, they didn't say when you first saw her, she's coming out looking like the sea queen or something like that. Like she's Neptune's yeah. daughter or something like that. She looks like the little princess. Huh? It was, she was amazing. I thought, where was she going? <laughs> yes. God. Right. And then, then she wound up going to a meeting with, a. Uh, with the uh, impresario and the other people. And I, and the guy said, well, you dressed up for a meeting. And I'm like, yeah, but she was really going to a party and he interrupted her party. Cause she had the little matching jewelry, the tiara. Guys, you, you have to see this, see the whole movie. But this outfit, I'm like, I, oh girl, I, I would have tore, torn that off her back if I'd have been in real life. If not just a damn necklace. Cause she had this, this uh, huge, really, art piece necklace on with that stunning gown that y'all had a damn cape with it, a cape coat and it flowed and she had to walk up these steps. And that, that, that was, a uh, you know, symbolic to had to walk up 
several steps to get to this guy's palace or chateau to meet him. This is breathtaking. This movie is just it. It, it will not disappoint if you want to feel have a have a it's, it's escapist too, isn't it? Escapist as well, Georgia. to restore to all its glory and like i said we saw it on um i saw it on tcm and georgia where did you see it because it's free where i actually saw it on um youtube believe it or okay not. it's on youtube for yeah. free Okay, okay. So Pluto TV, that's an app you have to download. It's a streaming uh channel. But Georgia saw it on YouTube, so it so it is out mm -hmm. there available for free. Please take a look at it. Um <clears throat> it is stunning. Uh, but it also makes you think, like Georgia said, you know, about why did this woman have to choose uh her career versus love, you know, and in you know, can women or anybody really, can you really have it all? You know, um, now because it's so prevalent in society, now women doing double duty, you know, and, and, and it's stressful, you know, as I'm, I know it's not easy. Um, <clears throat> but you know, back then you have to put yourself in that mindset. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't a lot of women who were working, working wives, that that was not very prevalent and then prominent like that. And and even though you had stars like in cinema and film who were married, um, you know, I don't know about ballet, but you know, it's I think the pressure had, like you said, had those guys not put the pressure on her like that, it wouldn't have been a big deal. And she was so torn and so distraught, you know. So I, I'm gonna stop talking about that. But you guys take a look at it. Tell us what you think about uh the pressure that was put on her you know and i'm gonna stop right there because we don't want to give any spoilers george as always i'm going to give you the last word well <clears throat> i'm just really surprised that i had not seen this movie or didn't know anything about it because it is a tremendous accomplishment and i i have to say that um i am just blown away by the talent in this movie because where do you find people who can act and dance yeah 
production values, like Moya said, the sets, the uh, every it was, this is just a convergence of perfect every bit of cinematic genius. Yes, it could have it, it just blew me away. This movie is was astounded me. I thought, how how could you be a true movie aficionado and miss this movie? Right. How could you not? Right. And I had seen a while back like the last few minutes of it, like some bits and pieces of it. I, I never got a chance to sit down and look at it. Um, but when it came up on TCM, oh gosh, a while back and I saved it so we could get around with it. I was like, okay, I am going to look at this movie because I had heard just how absolutely stunning it was. I said, even I'm not, you know, Georgia knows I'm not a musical person, um, but I do appreciate the ballet and I, and I love uh, operatic music and classical music as well. I appreciate the artistry of it all. And like George, you said it perfectly. It was such a convergence of all those elements, just pitch perfect. Not one wrong thing in the movie. This this is a the one. It's like I said, not just being a musical or a British film. It is a quintessential, perfect classic film in my opinion. Like I agree with you, George. I totally agree. Well, guys, that is it. Um, this one's in the bag, the red shoes, go and check it out with the beautiful and, and, and they said, uh, Maura Shiro was just as fiery and feisty as her hair, as her hair, Georgia. And I said, wow, wow. <laughs> and she was so young, you know, she, I, I think Maura Shiro wouldn't have had a problem choosing <laughs> what she was going to do <laughs> if she, if, if, if she lives up to the legend, I think she'd have told them where to get off at. So... <laughs> Kudos to her. Um, so, guys, we look forward to the next one. Thanks again for all your support. Don't forget we're on all your major listening platforms. Um, thanks you, thank you uh, for listening. Don't forget we're on Facebook and YouTube. Comment, share, like, and let us know what you think of the red shoes. And so for next time, I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. And thank you again for listening to How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. Take us out, Shaka.